Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Lindsay Goldworth. She's an author and podcaster. This is Technotopia. This episode of Technotopia is sponsored by CheapTranscription.io. Cheap Transcription offers 10 cent per minute transcriptions using our happy robots or 85 cents per minute using our human assistants. CheapTranscription.io is cheaper and faster than everyone else. CheapTranscription.io. This episode of Technotopia is brought to you by Typewriter.plus. Typewriter.plus is a full service editorial agency that brings amazing editors from places like the New York Times and TechCrunch to work on your writing. Need a blog post, a white paper, a presentation? typewriter team can write or edit anything on nearly any topic visit them at typewriter.plus for a free quote that's typewriter.plus typewriter.plus welcome back to technotopia the podcast about a better future i'm john biggs today on the show we have uh, Lindsay goldwort she's the she's an author and a podcaster your your latest book is bow down uh lessons from dominatrixes and how to get everything you want um that's a uh, it's a fascinating title. What what what's 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 inside this book? So um, I decided um, initially I wanted to write a book and talk to dominators. You know, kind of a you know how to get what you want at work, how to you know whip everybody into shape, how to whip yourself into shape. Uh, but in the end, um, I kind of fell pretty hard for these women and just their uh, their philosophy of empathy and communication and kindness and kink. Um, so the book is actually kind of um, a sort of manual on how to live um, using the tenets of BDSM as a lens. So negotiation, um, self-respect, respecting others, um, and self-regard and self-worth. Um, mm-hmm. And just sort of, you know, don't do things in life unless they serve you and your value. Uh, so it ended up being a very different book than the kind I, I thought I was going to write. Um, it ended up being much nicer. <laughs> okay. And, okay. Uh, and I, I really... Uh, there's a lot of dirty stuff in the book, but there's a lot of heart in there too. <laughs> All right, so why don't you tell us tell us what what you're working on? So you you have you have your spent podcast, uh, and is this a this is part of that this is part of that podcast? But you just did the uh, you just did the sex and money mini series. So why don't you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? So um, so I I kind of fell into money writing. Um, I worked in news for a long time. I worked at um, at the Daily News for a while, CBS, ABC, and I kind of fell into you know writing about fintech and working at fintech companies and i launched a podcast uh in 2016 called spent and i interviewed comedians about their money mistakes and comedians are the best because they have no filter and they'll tell you they'll tell you all their mistakes and they'll laugh about it with you which is to me the first step into into coping is laughing um so i put it aside in two, uh, 2017 because I, I had a job at another startup called stash and um, I, I put the podcast aside to launch a podcast for them. Um, and then I got this opportunity to write this book, uh, which I couldn't turn down. It was a chance of a lifetime. And so I quit my job, which was terrifying, mm. to uh, take a very low advance for a book, uh, but but worth it because it was life is short. You got to take risks. Uh, so I brought back the podcast um, which I'm going to bring it back for good. And I, I thought I would um, do a sex and money theme to kind of tie in with the book so that we could all, um, just, just for fun, you know, just cause sex and money are fascinating. <laughs> sex, and, sex and power is fascinating. Power and money is fascinating. And, uh, yeah. And you know, we all want more sex and we all want more money. So to, so to continue on the, uh, like the, on the idea that we're optimistic about the future, is this, what are you seeing talking to these folks? Um, 
about a more progressive, I guess, attitude towards sex and I guess the, the intersection of sex and money, because a lot of this stuff is, I mean, dominatrix is outside of whatever personal uh, BDSM or, or essentially hired. And then you have porn stars that you're talking to, etc. Um, what's changing in this space that's going to make it better or potentially worse? Okay, so this is like 2020 is a fast going to be a really interesting year. So this is, I didn't know any of this at the time. I went in knowing very little about sex work. Um, um, the fight for decriminalization and legalization is really going to pop in 2020. It's become a real issue. Um, to be a sex worker in this country, um, you you face a lot of problems legally. You know, it's hard. Um, you're not protected under the same laws. There's there's something called FOSTA-SESTA. Those are um, these laws uh, passed in the last few years. They Pretty much it's a crime for sites to host content that could be aiding and abetting sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. So that's why you're seeing this what happened with Tumblr. That's why a lot of these porn star porn stars and anyone with sexual content, sex workers, their stuff gets shadow banned on Twitter and on Facebook, so and on Instagram. Um, and those are, you know, that's how people drum up business. You know, um, sex toy companies have trouble advertising these places. So there's a real blanket on there's a lot of things that are holding back women talking about sex. Um, and sex and dominatrix is while, you know, they don't have, you know, normative sex with their clients, you know, um, they still fall under the blanket of sex work. So um, people are really talking about um, decriminalization and legalization in 2020. That's really exciting. That suddenly the candidates are talking about it. That suddenly um, people are starting to look at sex work as real work. Mm -hmm. That is exciting. And it's a topic that I've become very passionate about. What's the... Um... What are some of the so so basically the advertising is is probably the biggest uh, biggest uh, barrier right now. Um, is any of the online I guess uh, chat stuff helping? Is is it changing the way people are interacting? I know there's stuff, multiple chat sites where you basically sit there and and see a bunch of naked people, uh, and you can pay them to get even nakeder, I suppose. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of ways. Um, you know. Being, uh, you know, what I've learned from writing this book is um, we all need multiple streams of revenue. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I saw a lot of overlap with um, with being uh, being a free being a freelance writer and being, uh, you know, and the women I talk to, you know, you need to have a lot of streams of income. You have to it's very hard to get paid on time. Um, there are lots of ways to meet to meet people. You know, um, there's still um, I'm actually going to be writing a piece about this. There's still a pretty vibrant phone sex scene. Mm -hmm. Um, where you can meet people. Um, there's still, there's OnlyFans, there's all kinds of ways, um, but it's just harder than it used to be. Um, because the the easier it is to meet people, the easier it is to screen, the easier it is to share information. So there's tons of ways to, you know, if you want to find, you know, a dom in your neighborhood, um, there's places to go, there's sites to find them. Um, but it is always nice, you know, for both parties to know that they're dealing with trusted you know, trusted people, good people. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of dominatrixes, um, the ones that are able to, um, will require references to send a very beautiful letter. Like there's, they, they really try to find that. It's like the rest of us. I want to take on the best assignments that pay the most that won't screw you over. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And that'll be the most <laughs> enjoyable, you know? So I found a lot of overlap. Um, but yeah, um, they, they have a lot more to contend with than I do, for sure. Um but um, but yeah, you know, it's you know, it's a lot of people have reached out to me uh, and said if I was a lot of men, straight men, have reached out to me and said, well, if I was gonna maybe a friend of mine wants to maybe see a dominatrix, you know, wh where would they go? And I said, well, I'll 
I'll make a reference. I, I can refer you to your friend, you know, quote unquote. Um, and I think that's sort of what it is. Is it would be nice to have a network of people you can recommend and have it not so be under the, you know, have it not so be under the covers. Is is so, that a technical solution? Do they need technical solutions for these things? Is that is that holding anybody back in that front? I, I you know, that's a that's a really good question. Um, I, I don't know. I think there has to be humans behind the technical solution. I know that there was um I saw my on the podcast I spoke with Alison Schrager and she mentioned to me that there was a woman who ran a site that would help the women screen and with their references and stuff. Yeah, it's possible. You know, if if it would if there could be a way to allow people to share about bad you know bad actors, people who are unsafe to meet with, I think that would be pretty helpful to have some kind of universal database. That would be. You know, that's but you know something that protects everyone's privacy. The, all the doms I spoke to are very insistent on privacy. Um, I went to a dominatrix convention, which sounds kind of odd, but it was fascinating. And they all spoke about their, you know, their clients in a really respectful way, you know, and they just are very, they, they really, you know, are very, very sympathetic and understanding and protective of them. And they want to make sure that their privacy is protected. And of course, their own privacy, because they're, you know, they're also not all out to their friends and family, you know, mm -hmm. it's not easy being a sex worker and it's on matrix because it's, you know, it's, it's great to be an alpha woman, which is sort of what the book is about, you know, an alpha woman and, you know, at work, but you know, the world isn't ready for alpha women all the time. When is, well, when is the world going to be ready for, well, when is the world going to be ready for the, the alpha woman? And when is the world going to be ready for the sex, for general acceptance of the sex worker? I don't know. You know, every time you think the world is ready, something kind of awful happens and you realize the world is definitely not ready. You know, you, I, you see, you know, we're not, it's not, I don't want to talk about politics, but you just see the way certain female candidates are, are, are portrayed. You know, that guy that, that doofus uh, Jacob Wall wrote about Elizabeth Warren saying that she made me do BDSM. That's like such old stuff. Mm -hmm. It's like women are, are, are emasculating, older women, they're cougars. I mean, that's all such old stuff. But I think these things really, um, people feel that way. They're, you know, I talk about in the book how, you know, female candidates have this intense pressure to be pro-social and at the same time, they can't appear to be as ambitious as men because it turns off men and women. So there's, there's just, I think it's not going to be till maybe like, you know, Gen Z and after until people can really, you know, feel okay with a woman in charge and not feel like emasculated and not feel so angry. Um, I, so I, I don't know if the future is so, the immediate future is, is so bright. Um, but I think that, you know, sexually, what was, I've been very inspired, you know, by a lot of men who said to me, a lot of straight men who have said to me, you know, I'm really excited for your book. It sounds really cool. And I actually, um, I was very inspired by a Reddit thread that I, that I, that I, it was. Oh my funny. gosh. Wow. That's like, uh, I think that's the first time anybody's ever said that in the history of the world. Yeah, I saw a, very, <laughs> I saw a beautiful Reddit thread that touched my heart. Um, and, and, and what it was, was it was these, it was these guys and it wasn't in this, at the kink sex. It was just regular sex. I think. And this guy was like, I'm a man, I'm a real man and everything. I got tattoos. And, you know, he had to reaffirm his masculinity. He goes, but is it just me or or are you just like not into always dominating in bed, you know? And all these guys are like, start chiming and being like, yeah, you know, I think that's what women want. But sometimes like, it's just kind of, it's not really me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like violent or I don't want to like be aggressive, you know, 
that's just not my not my thing and this guy said one time my girlfriend got really drunk and she just like threw me around the room and she just like and she just blah 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 it was the hottest night of my life and 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 I wish she would do it again and everyone was like oh that sounds so awesome dude I wish my girlfriend would do that you know <laughs> and it was so sweet and it was so interesting because it just shows that we all have so many sides and we all want variety and we're all multifaceted people and we all have different desires and how we're all locked into what we see in porn and what we think our gender should be into and the way we think things should be because of how we were when we were young. So in that sense, I that I that thought that was really sweet and I thought that was really eye-opening and it made me sad for all these these dudes on Reddit who just who want to try something a little bit different but they're like afraid to ask or their you know their girlfriends might not be receptive, you know, not everyone is kind and open to alternative views of sexuality. I think that kind of is that kind of is the truth because I think we're like you're you're writing a book on how dominatrixes use can gain power and and use their power etc. Uh, and there's I've read multiple books about future sex and most of them are from women and I think the and I think on the on the guy side what do the guys get except for like I don't know uh, tenga sex jars and the assumption that they're basically just doofuses who like to look at look at pictures all day which I mean for to a degree that's true but it's kind of like uh, there's not a lot of talk about that. I think the the closest that I've read recently was Jared Yates Sexton's book. Um, uh, what was this? What was that called? The uh, the one about his dad, and it's basically uh, the toxic masculinity, is, uh, essentially. Uh, so you you'd have guys who basically couldn't talk about their feelings or couldn't couldn't talk about what they're what they're thinking. Um, it's terrible. And so it's funny. So in one of the episodes of the podcast, um, I spoke to Alexandra Fine. She's the CEO of mm -hmm. a sex company called Dame. And she said something so interesting. She said that so many people, um, a lot of men just want a sex toy to tell them that they're doing it right. <laughs> oh my God, that's, that's so, no, but that's so interesting. And that's so, that's so heartfelt to me because I think that you're, you're so right. Um, I, I must, I don't have this rosy view of straight men or whatever, but I have a lot of empathy. I'm, a, I'm an empathist, you know, but I do think people are afraid to have conversations about, about what they want in bed. They're afraid of that. They're, they're freaks and they're abnormal and people just want to know they're doing it right. And they want to know that they're giving their partner pleasure and they want to know that their partner is everything. having most want everyone to have a good time and they want to you know be equal givers and receivers you know mm -hmm. and i just don't think anyone knows how to begin those conversations you know and because sometimes even if you begin the conversation what if you don't have an answer for it so you know it, it, that's even harder too so i do have empathy for and sympathy for men who really do want to understand their own feelings and and, and lusts and desires and want to find that in another person but they're just they, they, they do have a lot of roadblocks women have, have at least have each other to talk to you know, at least we can call a friend and be like, is this weird? Am I crazy? <laughs> and I don't think a lot, of, I think some men have close friends that they can do that with. And I think that's really great. Um, but I, I, I don't see. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you're, yeah. It's a, lot of my friends, a lot of my male friends confide in me, um, which I, I, I really, I think is really cool. Um, and I don't think any of them are particularly weird or strange, but I know that it's, they appreciate having someone who doesn't think they're weird or strange. And then I mean, again, and then again, you're in a situation where it's like, uh, if you're in a relationship and you have the slightly wrong person, you're basically in a situation where you can't talk to other women about these things because it's it's considered whatever emotional cheating, etc. Um, I, I I think everyone deserves friendships and a little <laughs> bit of private life. No, I mean that's something I'm I I you know 
you can't own someone body and soul in that way. Like you, if, if you need a friend, I mean, if you need a friend to confide in and like your partner can't be all things and everything to you sometimes, you know, we all need outside perspective. So it's up to you if you feel like it's emotional cheating or if you feel like you need a friend to talk to who can understand you. Mm -hmm. um, if you take it one step further where it becomes dishonesty, that's something you have to, you know, you have to work out with yourself. But if I didn't have friends to talk to about, about things, I would be lost. Well, you'd always have Twitter. You can just tweet it out to the Oh, to, the, to, to the world. <laughs> oh, I've never once. I did. I the only time I use Twitter is for jokes, to read good, read good news stories, and I, I did post a poll about uh, how would people want a more absorbent bathrobe. <laughs> An absorbent bathrobe. Interesting. So to, yeah. that might actually be helpful because you could just use it as a towel. Uh, and actually, I actually don't believe in that kind. I think too much social sharing actually is very <laughs> draining, and I don't think you should share. I and mean, I wrote this very deeply, you know, this very this book is personal. This mm -hmm. there, and that mean that's difficult for me. I'm a little anxious for what, I, but I'm not embarrassed about anything. It was very, it's very the stuff I share is very PG thirteen. But I um I do think we give too much away of ourselves on social media, to be honest. And I do think you know, not to sound like Zoolander, you know, but like I think that the more we give away, the more we lose of ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? well, um, I mean, I, I've I've yeah. started taking off the, all photos of myself because I know I mean any any tweet or any photo or anything is basically just uh, is just fodder for the robots to uh, to find out more about us like yeah what what you're wearing or what you like etc. So I delete all my tweets after about two weeks I think and then I barely post anything on Facebook that's private at all. No, I don't post anything private on Facebook, and it's hard when you. And you're in this double bind too, because when you do something and you accomplish something, writing mm -hmm. a book or doing a podcast, doing something creative that you're proud of, you know, it is part of, it's this devil's bargain because you, they, you, you have to be on social because that's where everybody is. And you want people to support your art. You want to support other people's work. Um, but it's gross to be on there. Um, there was a great piece in the New York times recently about, um, about how, how the free internet is starting to become less, more people are starting to subscribe to things and more things that are free. Um, it was a really interesting article about how about subscription services, how if you have money, you'll apply to this, you know, you'll, you'll pay for the better stuff, you mm -hmm. know, like better Minecraft stuff, better, you know, better social media tools, better dating tools. You know, if it's free, you're kind of getting the, you know, you're not getting the same experience. Um, I'm starting to feel that way with Twitter a little bit, you know, um, but I think I met really cool people on Twitter. I bet you. Yeah. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a double-edged sword. You get to hang out with, it's like, it's like you're hanging out with people. You're not actually meeting them. Uh, people go out less and less now. It's really interesting. Anyway, is that the, <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're going down into a uh, into well, a. I've, uh, met I've met a few people in real life off Twitter, mm -hmm. um, and uh, I once I went to some writers' readings. Um, I I talked to the on the phone with some people about some projects. Um, I've gotten some writing work. I found my agent on Twitter, so um, which is really funny. Um, so it just it's sort of what you make it. You can kind of just mute people that you don't want to you know. It's, it's up to you to. You don't have to make it torture. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to figure out, like, why am I here? What is the purpose? So, the last last question before we go. Um, so you you talk to you talk to folks like Stoya, for example. Uh, she's a she's a um, she's a performer. And have you noticed? Has she has she mentioned anything, or did you notice as interviewing these people that any changes in the past, I guess, decade or even in the past couple years in terms of in terms of relationships and sex have is are we coming into like a new summer of love, or what's what's going to happen over the next uh, next five years with this stuff? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, she's retired, you know, so she she has her own 
her own life right now where she's trying to create her own, she has her own company. She's trying to create her own, her own life and her own rules, which is, which is really cool. Her interview is definitely one of my favorite. She, she's really, really cool. Um, I don't know. I feel like I don't like to make generalizations. You know, people really do say that, you know, the people that are, you know, a generation younger than me are having a little more trouble meeting people, you know, in real life. They have these much safer relationships over text. I don't know if that's really true. You know, you go to college, you meet people, you know, you, you can't help that you're meet people and have relationships with them. Um, but I'm not sure, you know, I, in, in my, I think, you know, what's interesting about, you know, polyamory, which people are all, which is very hot right now is it does require a lot of talking. Um, I think too much talking could, would make me want to shoot myself, but, mm -hmm. but I think that, that there is a movement toward, toward more communication. Um, and I think that that's, what's interesting to me about the poly community is how is the emphasis on, on, on communication and whether or not it works out and whether any relationship works out you know it all depends on how honest people are so i do think there's a movement toward more communication there's a movement toward more honesty um but i think forever you know in this country in particular sex is always going to be extremely hard to talk about and it's always going to bring up a lot of feelings but i don't know i think that people are it's it's it's, it's a good time now is the best time to be a kinky person you know because people do talk about it you know in cosmo and Refinery 29, people talk about sex work, they talk about, you know, different sexual positions, they talk about all things that they didn't talk about in Cosmo in my day. Mm -hmm. So if you, uh, you know, so if you were to read these magazines, you would immediately feel a little more, you know, feel a little more at home if you did have, you know, different desires. So in some ways, it, it, it is a nicer, kinder time, but it depends where you live, it depends on your, you know, it depends on your family, it depends on your peer group. Um, you know, I've always been a very warm and loving, understanding Aunt Lindsay kind of person. And, you know, so um, I, I just I think anything that happens between two people in a consensual way is nobody's business. And you should just enjoy life and grow and experiment and freak out and try something new. <laughs> so I think there is there is that is there's more room for that now than there ever was. And I think that's exciting. Wonderful. All right. Uh, your book is coming out in January, January 14th. Is that right? Or what did I see? No, you're right. January 14th um, is coming out at Simon and Schuster. Um, they're being real. They're real excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Doms are excited about it, which makes me happy. <laughs> I really, I really wanted to just, you know, they were so smart and so, so they, they really blew my mind. And I took all the lessons in this book to heart. I really did. Um, and it, it really helped me reframe my own life. Um, and just, am I asking for enough? Do people meet my, you know, meet my standard in terms? of kindness in terms of generosity um does work meet my standards you know so it, i really tried and it's a, it's a book isn't just for women you know a guy mm -hmm. could pick it off off the shelf and they could he could learn plenty too all right we'll give it a try uh thanks for joining us on technotopia this has been fun thank you so much all right we'll talk to you soon this has been technotopia i'm john biggs we will see you next week technotopia is brought to you by happy fun corp Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com.